We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're going to jump into the mailbag now, and we're going to start off with a question from Maximus. Maximus asks, I have full confidence in Pete. You don't leave chair of NBC Sports a tier below C-suite for Notre Dame AD if you don't love the school. Well, Maximus, it's it, it goes beyond that. I mean, look, you can love a school and and not be good at your job, or you can love a school and and say, hey, look, I, I love the school, but... Uh, you know, look, I don't know if, um, I don't know if, uh, my, my alma mater is a position to be successful. I mean, smart lawyers, smart business people, smart, anything they're going to look at certain situations and say, yeah, I, that's always been a dream of mine, but man, that place is a mess right now. You know, it's like, it's always been my dream to, to work at Blockbuster, to run Blockbuster. But then when you, you're ready to take over, it's, they just closed down 500 stores. Like, yeah, this may not be the right time to, to jump in and invest or, you know, run a, a blockbuster unless you're that one random one that's still open out in Washington. So I think it's also that, 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 yeah, he's, he, he, he may, you know, love Notre Dame, but I think he also recognizes the opportunities that are there for Notre Dame right now as well. And, and, uh, looks at it and says, Hey, uh, you know, this is something that I think I can, I can play a role in taking to the next level. I hope that's, the what's behind you know his decision to take this job and so we're going to find out here soon enough but i i don't know if um the only thing i would somewhat push back on and i, and I agree with most of what you're saying is i don't think necessarily running a, a tv network right now it automatically means that you're going to be a, a successful there's a lot of i would argue there's a lot of people running tv departments in different aspects that are just not good at their job which is why they're failing. I, I hope that this isn't the case. I, I honestly can't speak specifically to this example and, and Pete, because I just don't watch enough of the sports that NBC uh, is in charge of to have an opinion on whether or not he's done a great job. Like I don't watch formula one. I don't watch premier league. I don't watch, I used to watch wrestling all the time as a kid and a, and a young adult. I don't watch that anymore. So there's just not a lot of things I can say, Hey, I, I watched formula one. They do a great job. Or, you know, as I told y'all before, I don't really watch NFL football anymore. So I can't, I don't know what the, the, was it Sunday night football? I think NBC still has. I don't, I don't know what kind of job they're doing on that. So I, I, I can't speak to that, but I would have to think that if he's making that move in the middle of these negotiations with these other aspects that he sees Notre Dame and being in a position to be successful. I, I have to think that. And so, you know, we're going to find out, but um, yeah, I, I have to think there's some level of confidence that Notre Dame is a, is a, or you don't want to jump on a sinking ship. Right. And, and, and he would know if Notre Dame was, and the fact that he's making this move makes me think that he sees Notre Dame being in a great position and he can play a role in taking it to another level would be my would be my guess so sean we'll go ahead i'll go ahead and pull these questions up and then you can read them and then we'll go okay we'll do that to them 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, from Andre, looking at this big picture perspective with the AD stepping down, how does this affect Notre Dame's next TV contract as well as sports overall? You know, I we we kind of talked about this earlier, Andre. I, I feel like this is something that should help Notre Dame. And Sean laid this out pretty well early in the show is you're you're hiring a guy that is very I mean, this guy's head of NBC Sports he's very well aware of what the negotiations look like between Notre Dame and NBC and other networks. If he's not the one that was doing them, he might've been the one doing them along with, you know, other aspects of, of the, of the, the, the people that run the, the, the financial, the finances at NBC. He's very well aware of, of um, where those things are. So I, I have to think that that's a feather in Notre Dame's cap a little bit, as Sean pointed out earlier, I, I, Will how much of an impact will ultimately have that? I don't know, Sean, because they are pretty far down the road in these negotiations. But I have to think that that this is going to be one of those things that's going to help Notre Dame get get across the 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 finish line with a deal that that you're very happy with as an institution and as a fan base. That's how I how I see it. I completely agree, and I, I think that this is this is going to be an asset for Notre Dame, having someone who's familiar with NBC's financials and exactly, you know, he knows exactly how high they can go coming over from NBC sports. I don't think it's a rubber stamp for NBC sports. And, and again, when you look at his background, when he worked for the PGA, he negotiated a big TV contract for the PGA. And as, as head of NBC sports, he's negotiated, you know, like you were just, just talking about, NBC's Sunday night deal with the NFL and, and, you know, there's, there's a huge list from the Olympics to the premier league. And of course the big 10 contract that he just did as well. So he's worked on both sides of this thing, you know, working TV deals. And so to have someone like that, who's also a Notre Dame alum, I think it's a huge asset for Notre Dame. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I, I may, Maybe it's wishful thinking, but I, I just tend to think I, I'm more. I'll say this, Sean. I'm more optimistic after some of the things I've learned in the last few days that this TV deal is going to be big for Notre Dame, like really big for Notre Dame. And I, it just it doesn't make sense for Notre Dame to sign a deal, but with a network as Notre Dame, if you're now planning on going to a conference 
It just right. doesn't make a lot of sense. So if Notre Dame signs a TV deal in the next, uh, I don't know, six to six to 10, 12 months, then that tells you that their plan is to stay independent. Otherwise they'd be right now would be because again, these TV deals with the big 10 aren't exactly done as we come to find out, right? Because uh, Kevin Warren didn't, Kevin Warren didn't leave them necessarily done. So if Notre Dame intended to go to the big 10, now's the time to throw your weight around as a future big 10 member to improve the big 10 deal. Mm-hmm. And I've heard nothing to make me, to make me think Notre Dame has any concern about that other than saying maybe using that to leverage their own deal. Right. And so that leads me to believe that, that Notre Dame does want to stay independent. And, and, and if this entire time, this, this process has been going down, like, like I said, this is a guy whose name I heard over a year ago when a, when a a friend of mine, who's a big donor took me out to lunch and was talking about this guy as a name to, to keep in mind. That was a year ago. That was last summer. So for at least a year, this guy has been working on this job being his, so he's going to be working in these kind of deals with a, a a Notre Dame positive slant, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah, I completely uh, in agree. As far as getting Notre Dame, so that's that's why I feel a lot better about that specific aspect of it. Independent, well, I guess pun intended, like a little <laughs> bit of the Big Ten and whatever's going on with the Big Ten. All right, here we go. What are the top three things you'd want the incoming athletic director to do for Notre Dame football? Ooh. Well, one, Sean, we kind of talked about, right? Like uh, expansion and renovation of the Goog that also includes getting a, a not a training table, a eating facility for student athletes mm-hmm. where food is prepared there and served there and they can eat there and I understand why Notre Dame has been hesitant to the for this. I get that because Notre Dame rightfully values the overall college experience for its athletes, and I think that's something Notre Dame should never sacrifice entirely. But if you also care about the well-being of your student athletes, and and with what we know now about the importance of nutrition and caloric intake compared to outtake, and you know, being able to provide student athletes with these things and get them on specific dietary regimens. If you really care about what's best for student athletes, you have to take that into consideration as well and weigh that with this other holistic aspect of it. Because the whole pushback from Notre Dame is actually coming from a place of not just about not wanting to spend money. It's, hey, we want them living in the dorms with other students. We want them going to class with other students. We want them to be going to eat with other students. We want them to be students. And I think that is something that I find admirable about Notre Dame, that they don't just seclude their athletes like some other big schools do from the rest of the student body where you only really see them at parties and at class sometimes. Let's be real. <laughs> I think that's important. But in this one, I think they need to give way a little bit and say, hey, this is this is what's best for those student athletes as people as well, because this is the way they're not the normal student body. Student body's not putting in the exertion and burning the calories right. and, and the wear and turn their bodies that the football and the basketball and the lacrosse and the fencing and the soccer and pick a sport uh, are doing to their bodies. We need to make sure that we're providing them with the proper nutrition. And I'm not talking about just football. Football is going to be the one that pays for it, but it's one of those things that benefits the entire uh, athletic department. Those are important things. And if you truly care about the holistic aspect of the student athlete, this is something you should take a lot of pride in. I think they're trying, they're finally figuring that out. Yeah. And then, but still make sure like one thing I don't want, I don't want dorms that are for athletes only. I don't, I don't believe in that. I like the idea of, of having these young men and these young women be actual student athletes and the student part coming first. But in this area, they need to make a change. That's my first one, Sean. What's, what's the first one that kind of pops in your head? No, I completely agree with that. That would be at the top of my list as well. And it's something we just, you know, we, we, we talked about earlier this week. You know, I, I'm, I, I guess a little bit more on the fence and like, do they actually need to prepare it there versus is it good enough? You know, like if they're preparing it, you know, in the, not the dining facility, but you know, it gets like the, challenging yeah. to have the kind of consistency and to be able to feed all the, cause you, what you're going to feed your football players is going to be different than what, cause you're going to have some specialization to this, right? Like exactly. your exactly. women's lacrosse team is not going to have the same meal plan as your men's lacrosse team, much less the football team. Mm-hmm. And, and so there needs to be some specialization to where, Hey, 
you know, we're, we're eating here and that this time and this other time. And I, and I think there's just a lot of value to being able to prepare it right there and to be able to say, look, the football team comes here, the basketball team is coming there and we're just, we're just, we're working through it. We're getting these things prepared. They're right there. They're going through it. It's fresh. It's hot. It's healthy. It's right. It's right there. Uh, and then if you need to move it to a, you know, Hey, we're going to prepare this and the football team's going to eat it over here. Then you're just moving it from one part of the building to the other part, not having to put it in a truck and ship it across campus. And so some people might not think that's a big deal. I do. Uh, I just think it's important to be able to, to have the food there. And, and again, you don't need a ton of space. If you're going to be making a big facility to, to have your entire football team be able to eat there with some other student athletes, then you can make room for a, a kitchen in, in the back. So I, I do think that's something that's important. Plus, it gives you opportunities to, hey, look, we're going to, you know, we're we're going to have this specialized meal. We're going to do something different. We're going to, you know, we're going to go over here and then you've got the place where you can, you can do those type of things. So I think, I think that's important. I do. I think the, the preparate being able to prepare it there, I think is, is it's not as important as having the facility that can host everybody, but I just feel like those other places where the food is being prepared, they're, they're, they're kind of split between half and a, okay, this is what we're doing for students. This is what we're doing there. I also think that when you have this move, Sean, it's going to be an even more specialized meal plan. Cause right now I think it's like, just like what one meal a day, I think it's really what they prepare like one full meal a day. I think so. Yeah. Whereas now it's, it's, it's multiple meals. It's the snacks in between. It's the protein shakes. It's all that stuff needs to be part of what's being prepared here. It's not just like a new cafeteria, it's got to be part cafeteria, part nutrition facility. It's all going to kind of be wrapped up in one if you're doing it right. Yeah. And they're not just normal cooks that, you know, hey, I serve my period over here with the, you know, the student bodies. And then I go, my second shift is over here at the football team. No, you're hiring people that specialize in, in preparing plans and making food for athletes. It's a completely different meal plan than what you're going to find at a even the best um, – on-campus facilities. So I, I do think it is important to be able to do that, in my opinion. Sure. Well, another thing for me, Sean, is I, I think that obviously we talk about renovating the Goog is sort of a big picture part of it, but two more specific things. One would be Notre I've said this before. This is not new for me. I think Notre Dame needs to be, take a lot more pride in, ha- in being trendsetters when it comes to off-the-field staff for sports meaning making sure that the strength and conditioning programs are staffed the way that they need to, making sure the nutrition programs are staffed the way they need to, making sure that Notre Dame has a trend-setting mental health uh, staff and operation that, that are working with young people. Because if you think about it, Sean, like when you and I first got into this, I mean, these kids had – it was tough for student-athletes. I mean, they had to go to school, especially at Notre Dame. They had to go to school. They had to play a, a physical sport. They had to do homework and all that. Now these kids at 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old are not only doing that, but they're they're involved in this crazy NIL stuff. You know, they've got agents coming at them as teenagers. I mean, they've got expectations like they drop a pass and they're getting death threats on social media, which you and I may say, well, just don't read the mentions because you and I spent most of our lives without Twitter. So I don't really <laughs> care what anybody says about me on Twitter. But right. these kids were grown up in that where their opinions sadly are being formed by what people say about them. And, and, you know, when I, when as a 45, I hear somebody say, you know, cyberbullying, well then just freaking turn it off. But that's just, that seems simple. It does. But for an 18 year old or 20 year old, it's like, no, dude, like my my whole life, that's how I connect to the world, you know, that way. And so they're dealing with so much more crap being thrown at them that we need to, I believe, put a lot more emphasis on hey, we need to make sure these young people are okay. And then that should extend to me to their first couple years, two to three, four years outside of their careers. Because something I've always believed in strongly and as of having gone through this and then also seeing go through it is there are two types of people in our country that have a really hard time post-career. The biggest, obviously, is military. You know, those who serve overseas and those who, who have to fight in the wars that we send them to go fight – and then they come back and we're not doing enough to make sure that they're okay in, in, in what they're experiencing. And I think there's a much, much lower level, but a similar level to where you spend your whole life being an athlete. And just like that, your eligibility is gone and it's over. Mm-hmm. You know, having things where we're helping them transition to life after football, life after basketball, life after whatever sport that they're playing. And I just think all of that holistically is very important that um, I think we have a much better understanding of of 
the impact of of what just the world is throwing at young people compared to what it was when we because we didn't know there was always dangers that exist now existed then but because we didn't have social media and 12 you know 24 hour news cycles and all that some stuff sean we were just blissfully ignorant of the fact that there was a pedophile you know 10 pedophiles within a 15 mile radius of wherever your kid's playground is we didn't right. know that now it's like you just pop up an app like oh my god like my and i and i learned about this when we moved to this neighborhood here because my wife would she used to work in a fire department so she knows all the ways to look and see where are all the criminals living? Where are the <laughs> registered sex offenders living? Okay. Like, holy crap, you can just pull up an app and see that? She's like, yeah. I said, well, shoot, I'm glad you're doing that because I had no idea, right? So, uh, but there's just so much being thrown at young people today that you and I can maybe handle because we've been through it, but we need to do more to make sure that they're they're doing well there. Those are things that I think Notre Dame needs to be trendsetters in. Because those are a, those aren't about nil and sacrificing what you believe. Those are actually at the heart of who you say you are as an institution. And so I think those are things that I, I, I get a lot more investment. And then back to football, the the uh, the, the analysts, GAs, the assistant coaches. Notre Dame. There's no excuse for Notre Dame not to have a top five paid coaching staff. There's no excuse for Notre Dame to ever lose a coach because he's 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 getting paid more somewhere else. Those are more things that I think need to be invested in. And that's true for basketball, football, any any sport that's making money, especially football, that should be true. And um, that's something that I would do if I was uh, talking about top three priorities is making sure that that our football coaches, our head football coach is never going to have to say, hey, gee, I, I just couldn't put the right staff together because I couldn't afford it and actually have a leg to stand on. That doesn't mean some um, – hey, Let's be real, Sean. If, if Brian Kelly had a top five pay coaching staff, he'd still be making excuses if he didn't win. There'd right. still be somebody else to blame. Right. That's fine. I'm talking about in reality, practically, that should never be a thing in Notre Dame. So those are things that I would do just right now. I mean, those are those are things you can do quickly that don't involve, you know, those last two things don't involve me building new buildings and raising $500 million to build this or renovate this or do that. Those are things that you can staff right now and say, we're going to do this right now. These are going to be things over the next year. We're going to make sure that we've invested in, and to make sure our operation is just rocking and rolling in those two areas. I think that would pay huge dividends for student athletes and for the programs, yeah. in my opinion. So those are those are immediate things that I could that I think they should do. Yeah, the coaches' salaries, that, that would be on my list. And then my my other one would just be, you know, again, not not necessarily using NIL – from the recruiting thing, you know, which which I know that a lot of people would, you know, disagree with pay for play or, or whatever, but just staying at the fore yeah. of of NIL and making sure that you have competitive NIL in place because it is you're talking about for the current thing. players, right, Sean? Right, right. Current Agreed. once you're here. Yeah. Again, Agreed. not not as not as part of recruiting, Agreed. but once you're here, that there are bountiful NIL opportunities right. for, for Notre Dame play. You know, and and whether it's making it part of the TV contract, the apparel contract, mm-hmm. you know, all those different things, you know, exploring those different avenues. Agree. That should be an area where Notre Dame is trendsetting. I think you're right. spot on there, Sean, because this is the reality. This is something you as leadership have said you believe in. You believe in NIL. So then you should be supporting this wholeheartedly to say, hey, okay, if this is a reality of it and we say we believe in this, then we're going to be the best at it. This has been my kind of my big problem with Notre Dame. Is they 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 do these things? Hey, we're gonna we're gonna do whatever we need to do to make sure, as an academic institution and a whatever institution, we're gonna do whatever we need to do to make sure we are the best. But then they're not willing to make those same commitments for athletics. Well, you know, uh, Jack Swarbrick can be the second highest paid athletic director in, in all of sports, but we can't have our our football coaches be, you know, second highest paid staff and fo- make that make sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so. It's it's those investments to me. And the same thing with NIL. Like, this is the reality. You say you support it, then you need to be doing whatever you can to make sure your student athletes are maximizing those opportunities while also understanding that they are also students. Uh, I agree with you completely. They should not be – they should do it the right way, but they should be heavily involved because you've got the resources to do it, Sean. I mean, you and I both yeah. know that. The resources absolutely. are there if they wanted to do it for them to absolutely thrive in it and, and yeah. to do it the right way. I just wish Notre Dame was more played more of a leadership role in those things. Hey, if you think this should be done a certain way, then go do it and do it. Set the example for everyone else. Hey, this is how we need to be treating student athletes from a mental health standpoint. 
And, and well, how do you know that's going to work? Because we're doing it. This is how NIL should be done properly. This is the model that we need to be going to the NCAA and saying, hey, look what Notre Dame is doing. This is how it should be done. You want to say, hey, look, th- you know, we think this, 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 and this. Well, how do you know that'll work? Because Notre Dame's doing it. And look how successful it is. Look how good it is. This kid was a big-time recruit, played great as a freshman. I always point to Justin Ross as my example. If Justin Ross had NIL, he is he is one of the poster child children for why I'm a believer in NIL. Because this kid comes out as a freshman, helps them win a championship, does everything right, and is on pace to be a millionaire. And then he has these devastating injuries. And he's never going to make the money as a professional that he would have because of the injuries he sustained while trying to help Clemson win a championship. If NIL was a thing that he was able to capitalize on during his career, he's still going to be all right. Yeah. If he never plays it down in football, those are the things that we should be putting a lot of emphasis in. And and Notre Dame should be the team that the NCAA and these other people go to the Congress and say, that's how it's done. That's how we do student athletes. That's how we, that's the proper method of amateurism right there. That's how amateurism is supposed to, not this bull crap definition of amateurism they've had for years where they just kept all the money and just be happy with your scholarship and shut up. Right. I've, I've never been a believer in that. I think that's just as stupid as people who say scholarships don't mean anything. Okay, cool. If they don't mean anything, then give these kids salaries, but tell them they have to pay for their own tuition, room and board and all that kind of stuff as part of their salary. Then tell me that that scholarships don't mean anything, right? They're both stupid arguments, right? There is value to it. But that value is goes here, and you're making way up there that they deserve more of in certain opportunities. And so you want to create a, a real version of amateurism. These kids should not be employees. They should not be uh, susceptible to those type of, of unions and different things like that. Because, But at the same time, NIL needs to be a real thing. So Notre Dame, show everybody how it's supposed to be done. Be in front of this embrace this and show everyone this is the proper model to amateurism. That's what I wish Notre Dame would do. And that sounds like what you're, what you're saying they should do as well, Sean is exactly. And and you know what, Sean, there's no reason they shouldn't be that way. And that's what frustrates me with Notre Dame. What's the reason for them not being that way? They don't want to. Exactly. (laughs) It's a great answer. Like I give this 45 minute long diatribe and you come out with three words and it's like, yep, he nailed it. I mean, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> it is. It is. And so, and, and some people say, I hate NIL. I love NIL. I think NIL at, at its core is great for college athletes. It's being abused by both sides right now. And neither side it, it cares enough about trying to make it right for everybody. They just want their own thing. And um, that's where Notre Dame needs to be more of of the trendsetters and the leaders. That's absolutely – I nailed that one, Sean. I think that's an absolutely, absolutely great point. Very, very well done. All right, Joe, do either of you think the new athletic director will focus on getting Notre Dame into a conference? What are your thoughts on that, Sean? I, I kind of shared mine earlier. What, what do you think? I mean, do you think this is going to be something that Notre Dame prioritizes – or do you think it's something that Notre Dame will only ever do if it just gets to the point where they ha- they literally have no no other option? What are your thoughts on that for yeah. football? Obviously, the latter. I I, I it, especially when you look at the fact that you're you're having a handoff from one Notre Dame alum to another Notre Dame alum. But again, the new guy Peter Babakwa, 1993 Notre Dame graduate who was a walk on on the football team for Lou Holtz. I I think that that is a factor in this and the fact that he's coming over from NBC sports. And we've, you know, we've talked about that. We've hit that a few different times with the experience that he has there. I I don't think that that is going to be his focus. I think his focus is going to be, you know, one of his biggest early focuses is going to be this TV contract. And when you look at his TV background, I I think that that's going to be very important and getting that contract the 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 number that they need out of that contract is going to be the foundation that keeps them from needing to join a conference so i think i i i think this that bavakwa's focus is is going to be that i don't think it's going to be getting notre dame to join the big 10 or any other conference i i think that is that it is going to be 
keeping Notre Dame independent for as long as possible. Yeah, I do. I agree. I think that's their goal. From Brian, what's Jack's next move? Retirement or conference work? What's it going to be? You know, I I think it's going to be a little bit of both. I I don't. Somebody had said something on the message board. They said, you know, I've run into Jack a lot over the years, just bumping into him. And the last couple of times I've seen him, um, he looks tired. And I, I think that's true. I, I think the stuff that he that he has had to lead Notre Dame through the last ten years is is it's taxing. I mean, it's like one of my fa- one of my funniest things to do is like to look at like presidents at the beginning of their term and when they leave. And like look at Bill Clinton when he was elected, and then what right. he looked like when he ended. When you look at Bush, you know, he still got brown hair, looks young, and then just eight years later, he looks like he's like you know <laughs> much older. Obama looks right. young and you know, black hair. And then by the end, he's like this withered gray haired dude. I mean, it is a taxing profession. This isn't like that, but it's the sports equivalent of it being the head coach or being the athletic director at Notre Dame, because Mm -hmm. you're not just dealing with like, if you're an AD at, at some schools, I mean, you, you worry about money, but you're just, you're setting schedules. You're, you're doing staffs. You're doing, you're doing athletics all the time. This is, and it's just been like one crazy thing after another you have the academic scandal you, you have the conference realignment stuff twice you've got tv deals apparel deals uh cove you know your head coaches you know the issues you had with your head football coach and that relationship how strained that was at the end you've got co- then covid comes right and there's just all these things you finally get out of covid and then boom the world turns upside down from an athletic standpoint with nil and the transfer portal and conference realignment and it's just like all hitting at once it's like, man, that's got to wear you down. And so I think it's kind of like, I need to take a break for like five minutes. But I also feel like if possible, Jack's still going to want to be involved in some of these things that are happening in college sports in some capacity. And I'm curious what kind of role he'll be allowed to have in those if he's not directly linked to an institution. I'm very curious about that. But I still think that deep down, Jack would like to run the NCAA. I just, I feel that. I would Is that window that. passed or not? I don't know. Or here's a better one. I would not be shocked. I have zero information of this. This is just me reading the tea leaves and things that I think about Jack. He's He was always very pro NCAA. But in the last six months, Sean, he's made some comments that are, that are kind of like, okay, I think he thinks he knows where this is going. And he wants to position himself maybe to be the guy that runs the new whatever that's in charge yeah. of college football. Now that he sees the NCAA president is a is a you're basically it's like, you know, the last emperor of Rome. Like, yeah, OK, right. you're not leading the same Roman Empire that that you did 300 years ago. Right. Um, you know, maybe he sees it like that and he wants to be in position for this new role. Maybe that's it. Or he could just retire. I mean, the guy doesn't need to do anything else. He's made plenty of money. Yeah. He's in his 70s. Right. I mean, I just say hey, retire, you know, and just you know do whatever. But I just but also. You don't have the success that you that he had, and be comfortable just doing nothing and just ride off life. into the sunset. Right, yeah, right <laughs> I mean, now. just wait to die. Yeah. I just you don't get to where Jack Swarbrick has got to by just wanting to sit by the beach until you die. Yeah, you know, I just you don't get there either. I think something's coming because it, the, you know they didn't call it a retirement in the release. It just said he'll be stepping down. So yeah, yeah, but that that what you were talking about potentially heading whatever the next organization is that runs college football that that could be something to keep an eye on yeah it's going to be interesting it's going to be very interesting Mm -hmm. all right let's get to some more here we've got a lot of good questions here sean this episode is brought to you by fx's the veil starring elizabeth moss fx's the veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from istanbul to paris and london one woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost fx's the veil now streaming only on hulu Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
From Joe, been hearing a lot over the past year about a new era at Notre Dame. Do you think Marcus Freeman was the catalyst for this, or was it in progress before the hiring of him? Oh, I, I think Marcus Freeman's a catalyst for this. I, it, you can't have a new era where the coach has been there 14 years, 15 years, like they would have <laughs> if Brian Kelly was here. I mean, you, you just yeah. can't. You, you can try and reinvent yourself all you want. Brian Kelly tried that, lasted about a, 10 months, you know, and because and, you are who you are. So yeah, I think the new era is is, but it's not. You know, it, it's Marcus Freeman is the one that kind of rocketed into the stratosphere, but but I think it actually started with Niall Ivy, because she was her, that that first the first new blood, and and you and I've had I think well I know Vince and I had conversations, and I and I think you and Vince were having conversations as well, but even before you were working for me, when 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 uh, Muffet left. I mean, we heard tons of rumblings about, yeah, Kelly's not far behind and Bray's not far behind. I mean, we've mm -hmm. been hearing that for a few years now. And then, of course, Kelly leaves and then Bray leaves. So none of those moves were necessarily shocking. I think the timing and the manner in which coaches left were surprising. I mean, I, I didn't expect Kelly to leave when he did. We kind of expected Bray to leave maybe a couple years earlier. Then he has that bounce back season. Like, yeah, maybe I stay down. And then they kind of fall apart. So that wasn't mm -hmm. shocking. But we always there was going to be this a lot of this movement happening quickly. And the coaches that you replaced them with were going to be the de determine what direction you as an institution go. And for the most part, they've made decisions to go with younger coaches that bring a different level of energy uh, and personality to the table than what you had. And that's where the new era comes from. So I think Marcus Freeman being the football coach is the biggest driver of that, the face of that in some regard, but it's, it's, it's him. It's Niel. It's Micah Shrewsbury. It's going to be the new AD. You know, the new AD is like probably 50 something. If you know, he graduated college, college four years before I graduated high yeah. school, and I'm 45. So, I mean, I imagine he's 51, early 50, 52. Right? Yeah. But he was a lot younger than Jack Swarbrick. Yeah. Right? He looks a lot younger. So, there's just going to be this. Yeah, new I mean, state and he's even, he, you know, just a few years, but he's still a little bit younger than Swarbrick was when he took over. Right. And he's, and he's right. younger than what Brian Kelly was when he left. He's younger than what Mike yeah. Gray was when he left. So, I mean, so you're a lot younger now. I mean, even Micah Shrewsbury at 46 is the old guy of the coaches, right? And he's my age, basically. And where he was younger than Brian Kelly and Mike Bray and, and, and Coach McGraw. And so uh, I think those are all facets of it. But at any time, anytime you're in a situation – it's the football coach, but there's still plenty of, you know, long time coaches that are having great success. Kevin Corgan's been here 35 years and he just won his first title. I mean, lacrosse team's never been any better. I mean, Jeff Jackson has been, uh, part, how long has he been running the hockey team? He's not exactly a spring chicken, yeah. right? But they've had a lot of success in recent season, a little bit of a down year this year, but they've had a lot of success. So you know, I think football's hopefully can kind of start and basketball can kind of get on the same page. Cause it feels like when the other sports are thriving, football you know is not as good you know women's basketball wins back-to-back -back championships but you're like yeah but the football team wasn't that good at the time they were just kind of starting to kind of get better and stuff you'd like to get it to where can we please get all of you on the same page please <laughs> you know and uh and then that just makes being a notre dame fan a lot more fun like hey we went to the final four in women's basketball our men's team went to the lead eight the football team made the playoff oh and we won lacrosse we won you know our soccer team went to the ncaa you know uh, tournament that's where you want to be. Men's team or baseball team just went to the World Series last year. That's really where I want to be. But a, a lot of it is if you're not winning in football and men's basketball, it kind of tamps down a lot of the other success that's happening uh, in your sports programs. That's yeah. just the reality of it. Yeah. So, and I think it helps that those you know those three coaches that we've been talking about, Freeman, Ivy, and and Shrewsbury. You know, not just the fact that they're all young head coaches, but the fact that they're they're all very focused on recruiting and yes, the yes. right kind of recruiting and finally being given the resources. I mean, from what yeah. I've heard so far, that there there's an investment in the basketball program that Micah Shrewsbury negotiated for. If you want me to be here, it's not just about paying me a lot of money; it's investing in the recruiting aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned Sean, what is it they got? Uh, well, they had to made the one hire that you wrote about, uh, Ryan Owens, who was basically an AAU coach. Right. And they basically hired their own version of Chad Bowden. Recruiting coordinator, Brian yeah. Snow. Yeah, they they didn't have a recruiting coordinator previously, and they've got one now. So those are investments that need to be made, and mm -hmm. they will eventually pay off if, you're foot, if, you're, if your coaches are competent, then you're going to win and they're going to pay off. And so I think those are all those are all good things. And and sometimes you need fresh blood to do that, 
You need a coach that that's coming from a different era to be able to, to say, Hey, look, yeah, this worked for you 30 years ago, but this isn't 30 years ago. You know, could a yeah. coach like Lou Holtz win today? Yeah. Because Lou Holtz was a great coach. He can win in any, any, any era, but you can't win the same way he won at Notre Dame in 1988. Right. You have to evolve, right? He couldn't run the same offense he ran in 1988 he would find some other offense that allows you to play power football and discipline football or whatever. And he'd still win if, if he were younger, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's like, but you have to embrace those other aspects. And I think that's something that's always frustrating. The, the, the traditionalists in their name, well, you know, we believe in tradition. So we're going to still, you know, have the, the lines in the, the end zone that point Newt Rockney would have been the first dude putting, in my opinion, putting, Notre Dame painted Notre Dame in the end zone. He'd have been the first dude to have a scoreboard if they were, you know what I mean? Like if if they like the big scoreboard, he'd have been the first guy to have field turf. Right. You know what I mean? Like he if they had that stuff back then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so it frustrates me when you hear like, well, we're we're gonna that, that's not how that's not how Notre Dame became Notre Dame. It was we're doing revolutionary offenses, we're doing things that nobody does or nobody's seen before. Right. And Notre Dame lost that along the way at some point. Yeah, in time. They were actually innovators. Yes. And they kind of, but then they fell yes. back into that. Well, this is how we've always yes. done it mode. Yes. Unfortunately. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. Here's an interesting, here's an interesting question. Okay. <laughs> all right. So how many people does IB have on the payroll? Basically how many off camera people are part of the company? <laughs> um. Off camera? I mean, it's zero, right? Like, uh, there's like no. I mean, like I, I pay you like your wife because well, yeah. I mean, I pay her company. Stuff, you know, I, her company does things for us in the back end. Um, but no, I mean, look, if you're going to work for me, you're going to help generate revenue, and yeah. uh, the way you're doing that is being on shows. That's right. So yeah, I mean, now are we now, we, Sean? You and I are. You're aware of some things. There, are, there are some moves I'm working on to eventually get people that are doing things off air to do production and stuff. But uh, we're not there yet. If you all, all of you all that watch these shows, we have 14,000 subscribers to our channel. If all of you bought monthly memberships to the message board for four ninety nine a month, you know what? I'd hire three more people, four more people. So uh, yeah, you guys want to help us grow and hire people on air, off air and continue to grow. Sign up for the message board because the number of subscribers we have on YouTube is way higher than the number of subscribers we have on our message board. Good point. Yeah. Excellent point. Yes. Come on. So, Make something happen. There you go. <laughs> Here's a question from Jake Callahan. Do you think Notre Dame football will be forced to join a conference in five years? No. No. I, I, I don't think so either. I'll have a better idea, Jay, when we find out what the deal is for the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and, and see how some of that dust settles. but. I just I don't see a scenario where that's going to happen. I, I think things have timed up really well for Notre Dame. If Notre Dame's TV deal didn't run up for four years, I think Notre Dame might have been in a tough spot in four years when they're able to renegotiate a new contract because there there'd be I just think there'd be a lot less space for them to be uh, to be able to find the kind of deal that they're pursuing now because and- there's. So much there's there hasn't been the money distributed to the Big Twelve yet and the the Pac twelve yet the ACC is not you know is not close the ACC would be a lot closer to their deal getting over in four years I think the timing of when Notre Dame's two the pair on the TV deal are expiring was about as perfect as it can be for Notre Dame in my opinion because they now know what the Big Ten is getting they now know what the SEC is getting they now know what they need to what their worth is and what they need to be so I think the timing of when this TV deal is ending was is just going to be a, a, a i mean i don't know the word to you sean but it's like boy it's uh it's a blessing that it's happening when it's happening if it was three years sooner or three years too later i i don't know if you have the same position to to get the money that you're going to get now which is going to help you to what you've said multiple times that's what helps you stay independent is we got a tv deal that's going to double or triple what we were making before right and we were pretty good football programs before. Now we've tripled our revenue. Well, now we're really, you know, now now we're cooking with grease now, baby, right? <laughs> and that's um, and and that's a that's that's kind of where I, why I think that's that right there. That that is the reason I don't see them joining the conference in the next yeah. five years. And I just think, you know, even though you've got all this smoke blowing around with the ACC, if if they could, if if any of those schools could get out of that 
grant of rights that the ACC has, they would have done it by now. Yes. I just don't think that there's a way for any of these schools to do it that's not going to cost them probably around $300 million right now to do it. You know, like the question was five years and the grant of rights runs through 2036. So they've got 13 more years. You know, when we get closer to 2030 and the and the buyout is a little bit less, then, then maybe sure. something happens. But I just think that, you know, as much as they all want out of it, I, I just don't think that there's a way for them to get out of it. Otherwise, one of them would have done it at this point already. Because like Florida State wants out because right. as an institution, forget athletics, they're hurting for money. Mm-hmm. And they don't have the donors that some of the other big schools have. And that's something that Jimbo complained about. Now, they're not exactly poor, but they don't have the kind of money that other places do. The, the Going to the SEC would be incredibly beneficial to them. That's why they want to do it. It's the only reason they want to do it. It has nothing to do with sports. Like people say, well, my buddy might say, I just don't understand why Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC. And it doesn't make sense. I'm like, dude, you keep trying to have sports arguments with me about why they're going. Right. It has nothing to do with sports, man. It's for one reason and yeah. one reason only money. That's it. Yep. It has nothing wow. to do with the ability yeah. to win championships. It's silly for the, you know, do, do, Does USC and UCLA not know how, the, the, how hard it's going to be for their other sports to try? I'm like, yeah, they know. They don't care. It's about money. Mm hmm. And and if the Pac-12 was paying anything close to the Big Ten, they would not be even thinking about leaving for the Big Ten. It's about money. But the problem for Florida State is, Sean, they don't have the money to get to pay to get out of that deal. And it's not going to be a big enough contract going to the SEC to help them do that. They, they don't have the money to buy out of that deal. If those right. schools had the money to buy out of those deals, then A, they may not need the new deal as much, <laughs> and B, they would have done it already. Yeah. But that's the whole point. They don't have the money to do that. Yep. And uh, I, I'm I'm very curious how this whole thing is going to play out because I, I really think at some point in time we're going to find out whether whether it comes through discovery during ESPN being bought by someone else because because Disney's trying to sell ESPN. I have a feeling something's going to come out someday that's going to show that it was the it was ESPN people that were behind the scenes trying to push these ACC teams out of the league because they want to get out from underneath that deal. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't and doubt they it Because it's, it's, if they can take half that money and give it to the SEC, then they're in a better financial position because ESPN's in a not as good of a financial position as people think. And, and that's, that's, that's just the reality. That's why they, that's why the big 10 is now with NBC and CBS also because ESPN can't afford to do that all by themselves. Yeah. Uh, nor can Fox. That's, that's just the reality of it. Cause there's not the money in it that people think anymore because the whole, the whole television deal is completely changing. It's not the big networks anymore. And, you know, and, and you know, Disney's what six, 7 billion in the hole. Yeah. You know, less profit in the last year than they were before. They want out of that deal. The streaming revenue, they because here's the thing. Jack Swarbrick has really been into streaming. And that's why he's been pushing the Peacock thing. Like people were pissed at NBC. Like, why would, you know, why would um, you know, NBC uh, or why would, you know, it's stupid that NBC wants to do this game on Peacock only. Like, guys, that was not NBC's idea. That was Jack's idea. Because Jack Swarbrick thought that streaming was where this was all gonna go. Well, now the streaming networks are having their issues. They're not as successful as they thought. Disney's having issues with streaming. Netflix is losing customers. I mean, uh, these these streaming networks aren't taking off as quickly as people thought, and they're not as, you know, uh, I know that, like, for me, I, I get sick of the streaming because it's like I paid to get away from that because I didn't want to have to deal with nonstop commercials. But at least when I had Comcast or Dish or whatever, I could fast-forward the commercials. Right now, I freaking can't, and they happen at the most random times. Yeah, yeah, it's like the most, the weirdest times where you know, something's on TV. You're, you're, you're spacing and creating it to where there's somewhat smooth transitions, and now it's like a guy's in the middle of a conversation, a ad pops up, and and then there's some other reasons that have to do with why they're hurting financially that that are just not appropriate for this show. Uh, But the fact is, is that they're not in the healthy place they were when they started handing out these big deals a decade ago. Yeah. And I think that that's why they're trying to get out from underneath some of these deals. And I think ESPN, if, if, if there's ever a discovery period, whether it be through an acquisition of ESPN or the ACC just gets sick of ESPN's meddling and they just say, we're going to sue you because you're, 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 you're trying to breach the contract or something along those lines. And there's a discovery period. 
it could get ugly for ESPN. It could get really ugly for ESPN. In my opinion, surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. So yeah, that uh, I, I I'm not gonna lie, Sean. I wouldn't have a huge problem with it. I, I, would, I would champion it. Let's go, nail them, get them, get them, get them. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.